irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. Stone tools indicate that early humans were present in France at least 1.8 million years ago. The first modern humans appeared in the area 40,000 years ago. The first written records for the history of France appear in the Iron Age. What is now France made up the bulk of the region known to the Romans as Gaul. Roman writers noted the presence of three main ethno-linguistic groups in the areas, the Gauls, the Aquantini, and the Bellage. The Gauls were the largest and best attested group, were a Celtic people speaking what is known as the Gaulish language. Over the course of the first millennia BC, the Greeks, Roman, and Carthaginians established colonies in the Mediterranean coast off the offshore islands. The Roman Republic annexed the southern Gaul as the province of Gala Narbonensis in the late 2nd century BC, and Roman forces under Julius Caesar conquered the rest of Gaul in the Gallic Wars of 58 through 51 BC. Afterward, a Gaul-Roman culture emerged and Gaul was increasingly integrated into the Roman Empire. In the later stages of the Roman Empire, Gaul was subject to barbarian raids and migration, most importantly by the Germanic Franks. The Frankish king Clovis I united most of Gaul under his rule in the late 5th century, setting the stage for Frankish domination in the region for hundreds of years. Frankish power reached its fullest extent under Charlemagne, the medieval kingdom of France emerged from the western part of Charlemagne's Carolingian Empire, known as West Francia. It achieved increasing prominence under the rule of the House of Capet, founded by Hugh Capet in the year 987. A succession crisis followed the death of the last direct Capetian monarch in 1328, led to a series of conflicts known as the Hundred Year War between the House of Valios and the House of Plangegent, 
The war formally began in 1337, following Philip VI's attempt to seize the Duque de Antiqui from its heredity holder, Edward III of England. The Planquinet claimed to the French throne. Despite early Planquinet victories, including the capture and ransom of John II of France, fortunes turned in favor of the Valios in the War of the Wars. Among the notable figure of the war was Joan of Arc, a French peasant girl who led French forces against the English, establishing herself as a national heroine. The war ended as Valios' victory in 1453. Victory in the Hundred Years' War had an effect of strengthening French nationalism and vastly increasing the power and reach of the French monarchy. During the period known as the Ancient Regime, France transformed into centralized absolute monarchy. During the next century, France experienced the Renaissance and the Protestant Reformation. At the height of the French Wars of Religion, France became embroiled in another succession crisis. The last valious king, Henry III, fought against rival fractions of the House of Bourbon and the House of Guise. Henry, King of Narvaez, Sicon of the Bourbon family, would be victorious in the conflict and establish the fresh Bourbon dynasty. A burgeoning worldwide colonial empire was established in the 16th century. French political power reached a zenith under the rule of Louis XIV, the Sun King, builders of the Versailles Palace. In the late 18th century, the monarchy and associated institutions were overthrown in the French Revolution. The country was governed by a period for a period as a republic until the French Empire was declared by Napoleon Bonaparte. Following Napoleon's defeat in the Napoleonic Wars, France went through several regime changes before being ruled as a monarchy, then briefly as a second republic, and then as a second empire until a more lasting French Third Republic was established in the year 1870. France was one of the triple Entente powers in World War I, fighting alongside the United Kingdom, Russia, Italy, Japan, the United States, and the smaller allies against Germany and the Central Powers. France was one of the Allied powers in World War II, but was conquered by Nazi Germany in 1940. The Third Republic was dismantled, and most of the country was controlled directly by the Axis powers, while the South was controlled by the collaborative Vichy government. Following liberation in 1944, a Fourth Republic was established, but lasted less than a decade and a half in the wake of the Algerian crisis of 1958. The Fourth Republic collapsed and was succeeded by Charles de Gaulle-led French Fifth Republic. Into the 1960s, decolonization saw most of the French colonial empire become independent, while smaller parts were incorporated into the French state as overseas departments and collectives. Since World War II, France has been a permanent member in the UN Security Council and NATO. It played a central role in the unification process after 1945 that led to the European Union. Despite slow economic growth in recent years and issues of ethnic minorities, it remains a strong economic, cultural, military, and political factory in the 21st century. Stone tools. 
were found at Chiliac in 1968 and Le Zigan Le Seba in 2009. This indicates that early humans were present in France at least 1.8 million years ago. Neanderthals were present in Europe from about 40,000 BC, but died about 30,000 years ago, possibly outcompeted by modern humans during the period of cold weather. The earliest modern humans, Homo sapiens, that's us, entered Europe about 43,000 years ago during the Upper Paleolithic. The cave paintings as Lacour and Gargas as well as the Karnak stones, are remains of local prehistoric activity in France. In the year 600 BC, Ionian Greeks from Phoenicia founded, a colony, founded the colony of Massalia, present-day Marseille, on the shores of the Mediterranean Sea, making it the oldest city in France. At the same time, Celtic tribes penetrated the eastern parts, which was known as Germania Superior in the current territory of France, but this occupation spread in the rest of France only between the 5th and 3rd century BC. Covering large parts of modern-day France, Belgium, northwest Germany, and northern Italy, Gaul was inhabited by many Celtic and Belgae tribes who the Romans referred to as Gauls, and who spoke the Gaulish language roughly between the Seine and the Garonne. On the lower Garonne, the people spoke Antiquinian, an archaic language related to Basque, whereas a Belgian language is spoken north of Lutetia. The Celts founded cities such as Luteria, Paris, and Bordeaux, while the Antiquinians founded Toulouse. Long before any Roman settlement, Greek navigators settled in what became Provence. The Phoenicians founded important cities such as Marseille and Nice, bringing them into conflict with the neighboring Celts and Ligurians. Some Phoenician great navigators, such as Pythes, were born in Marseille. The Celts themselves were often fought with Antiquians and Germans, and a Gaulish war band led by Brennus invaded Rome circa 393 or 388 B.C., following the Battle of Elia. However, the tribal society of Gauls did not change fast enough for the centralized Roman state, who had learned to counter them. The Gaulish tribal confederacies were then defeated by the Romans in battle, such as Centinium and Telamon, during the 3rd century B.C., in the early 3rd century BC, the Bagal conquered the surrounding territories of the Somme in northern Gaul after battles supposedly against Gauls near Rimbra-Anakar and Gournay-sur-Aronde, where sanctuaries were found. When Carthaginian commander Hannibal Barca fought the Romans, he recruited several Gaulish mercenaries who fought on his side at Cain, and this Gaulish participation that caused Provence to be annexed in 122 BC by the Roman Republic. Later, the consul of Gaul, Julius Caesar, conquered all of Gaul. Despite Gaulish opposition led by Verrocos, 
the overking of warriors, the Gauls succumbed to the Roman onslaught. The Gauls had some success at first at Gerajovia, but were ultimately defeated at Alesia in 52 BC. The Romans founded cities such as Lyon, Narbonne, and allowed in a correspondence between Lucius Montanus Plancus and Cicero to formalize the existence of Grenoble. Gaul was divided into several, several different provinces. The Romans displaced populations to prevent local identities from becoming a threat to Roman control. Thus, many Celts were displaced in Antigua or enslaved and moved out of Gaul. There was a strong cultural evolution in Gaul under the Roman Empire, the most obvious one being the replacement of the Gaulish language by vulgar Latin. It has been argued that similarities between the Gaulish and the Latin languages favored the transition. Gaul remained under Roman control for centuries, and the Celtic culture was then gradually replaced by Gallo-Roman culture. The Gauls became better integrated with the empire with the passage of time. For instance, generals Marcus Antonio Primus and Gnaeus Julius Ercola were both born in Gaul, as were emperors Claudius and Carcella. Emperor Antiochus also came from Gaulish family. In the decade following Valerian's capture by the Parisians in 2060, Posthumus established a short-lived Gallic empire, which included the Iberian Peninsula and Britannia, in addition to Gaul itself. Germanic tribes, the Franks and the Alemanni, entered Gaul at this time. The Gallic Empire ended with Emperor Alru's victory at Chalons in 274. A migration of Selks appeared in 4th century in Armagora. They were led by the legendary King Conan Meridoc and came from Britain. They spoke the now extinct British language, which evolved into the Brenton Cornish and Welsh languages. In the year 418, the Antiquarian province was given to the Goths in exchange for the support against the Vandals. Those same Goths had previously sacked Rome in 410 and established a capital in Toulouse. The Roman Empire had difficulty responding to all the barbarian raids, and Flavius Aetius had to use these tribes against each other in order to maintain some Roman control. He first used the Huns against the Burgardians, and the mercenaries destroyed worms, killing King Gunther, and pushed the Burgardians westward. The Burgardians were resettled by Aethys near Lungden in 443. The Huns, united by Attila, became a greater threat, and Atesis used the Visigoths against the Huns. The conflict climaxed in 451 at the Battle of Chalons, in which Romans and Goths defeated Attila. The Roman Empire was on the village of, verge of collapsing. Ancotinia was definitely abandoned to the Visigoths, who would soon conquer a significant part of southern Gaul, as well as most of the Iberian Peninsula. The Burgodians claimed their own kingdom, and northern Gaul was practically abandoned to the Franks. Aside from the Germanic peoples, the Vascones entered the Wasconia from the Pyrenees, and the Britons formed three kingdoms in Amorica, Dominia, and Cornoia and Borek.
the first Frankish kingdoms, and this was in the year 486 through 987. In 486, Clovis I, leader of the Salane Franks, defeated Sagarius at Sosaons and subsequently united most of northern and central Gaul under his rule. Clovis then recorded a succession of victories against other Germanic tribes, such as the Alemanni at Tolabek. In 496, pagan Clovis adopted Catholicism. This gave him greater legitimacy and power over the Christian subjects and granted him clerical support against the Arian Visigoths. He defeated Arlaglac II in Voyeul in 507 and annexed Antiquin and thus Toulouse into his Frankish kingdom. The Goths retired to Toledo in what would later become Spain. Clovis made Paris his capital and established the Merovingian dynasty, but his kingdom would not survive his death in 511. Under Frankish inheritance traditions, all sons inherit part of the land. So, four kingdoms emerged centered on Paris, Orleans, Sassonne, and Reims. Over time, the borders and numbers of Frankish kingdoms were fluid and changed frequently. Also during this time, the mayor of the palace, originally the chief advisor to the kings, would become the real power in the Frankish lands. The Merovonian kings themselves would be reduced to little more than figureheads. By this time, Muslim invaders had conquered Hispania and were threatening the Frankish kingdoms. Duke Odo the Great defeated a major invading force at Toulouse in 721, but failed to repel a raiding party in 732. The mayor of the palace, Charles Martel, defeated that raiding party at the Battle of Tours and earned the respect and power within the Frankish kingdom. The assumption of the crown in 751 by Pepin the Short, son of Charles Martel, established the Carolingian dynasty as the king of the Franks. Carolingian power reached its fullest extent under Pepin's son Charlemagne. In 771, Charlemagne reunited the Frank domains after a further period of division, subsequently conquering the Lombards under Destrius in what is now northern Italy in 774, incorporating Bavaria in 788 into his realm, and defeating Avars of the Dubanian Plain in 796, advancing the frontier with Islamic Spain as far south as Barcelona in the year 801, and subjugating Lower Saxony after prolonged campaigns in 804. In recognition of his success, and political support for the papacy. Charlemagne was crowned Emperor of the Romans, or Roman Emperor of the West, by Pope Leo III in the year 800. Charlemagne's son, Louis the Pious, who was emperor from 814 to 840, kept the empire united. However, this Carolinian empire would not survive Louis I's death. Two of his sons, Charles the Bald and Louis the German, swore allegiance to each other against their brother, Lothair I, in the Oath of Strasbourg, and the empire was divided among Louis's three sons, the Treaty of Verendum 843. After the last brief unification, the imperial title ceased to be held in a western realm, which was to form the basis of the future French kingdom. The eastern realm, which would become Germany, elected a Saxon dynasty of Henry the Fowler. Under the Carolinians, 
the kingdom was ravaged by Viking raiders. In this struggle, some important figures such, such as Count Odo of Paris and his brother King Robert rose to fame and became kings. This emerging dynasty, whose members were called the Robertines, were the predecessors of the Capetian dynasty, led by Rollo. Some of Vikings had settled in Normandy and were granted the land, first as counts and then later as dukes, by King Charles the Simple, in order to protect the land from other raiders. The people thought that emerged from the interactions between the new Viking aristocracy and the already mixed Franks and Gallo-Romans became known as the Normans. France was a very decentralized state during the Middle Ages. The authority of the kings was more religious than administrative. In the 11th century in France, marked by the apogee of princely power at the expense of kings when states like Normandy, Flanders, and Ledoc enjoyed a local authority comparable to kingdoms in all but the name. The Capetians, as they were descendants from the Robertians, were formal, formerly powerful princes themselves who had successfully unseated the weak and unfortunate Carolina kings. The Carolinian kings had nothing more than a royal title when the Capetian kings added their principality to that title. The Capetians, in a way, led, had a dual status of king and prince. As king, they held the crown of Charlemagne, and as count of Paris, they held the personal fiefdom, best known as the Ile de France. In fact, that the Capetians held lands as both prince and king gave them complicated status. They were involved in a struggle for power within France as princes, but they also had a religious authority over Roman Catholicism in France as king. The Capetian kings treated other princes more as enemies and allies than as subordinates. Their royal titles were recognized yet frequently disrespected. Capetian authority was so weak in some remote places that bandits were the effective power in the area. Some of the king's vassals would grow sufficiently powerful as they would become some of the strongest rulers in Western Europe. The Normans, Plagenets, and Luzgans, the Halavites, the Rumfields, and the House of Toulouse successfully carved lands outside of France for themselves. The most important of these conquests for, history, for French history was the Norman conquest of England by William the Conqueror, following the Battle of Hastings and immortalized in the Bayeux Tapestry because it linked England to France through Normandy. Although the Normans were now both vassals of the French kings and their equals as kings of England, their zone of political activity remained centered in France. An important part of the French aristocracy also involved itself in the Crusades. The French knights founded and ruled the Crusader states. An example of the legacy left in the Middle East by those nobles is the Crac de Chevier's enlargement by the Coup de Tripoli and the Toulouse. Then you knew it had to happen the rise of the monarchy. The monarchy overcame the powerful barons over ensuing centuries and established absolute sovereignty over France in the 16th century. 
A number of factors contributed to the rise of the French monarchy. The dynasty established by Hugh Capet continued uninterrupted until the year 1328, and the laws of Prinio Chinitor ensured orderly succession of power. Secondly, the successors of Capet came to be recognized as members of an illustrious and ancient royal house, and therefore socially superior to the political and economical superior rivals. Thirdly, the Capetians had the support of the church, which favored a strong central government in France. This alliance with the church was one of the greatest enduring legacies of the Capetians. The First Crusade was composed almost entirely of Frankish princes. As time went on, the power of the king was expanded by conquests, seizures, and successful feudal political battles. The history of France starts with the election of Hugh Capet in the year 940 by assembling, assembled, assembled in Reims in 987. Capet was previously the Duke of Franks and then became the King of Franks. Hugh's land extended little beyond Paris Basin. His political unimportance weighed against the powerful barons who elected him. Many of the king's vassals, who included for a long time the kings of England, ruled over territories far greater than his own. He was recorded to be recognized king by the Gauls, Bretons, Danes, Antiquins, Goths, Spanish, and Gascons. Count Borel of Barcelona called for Hugh's help against Islamic raids, but even if Hugh intended to help Borel, he was otherwise occupied in fighting Charles of Lorraine. The loss of another Spanish principality then followed as the Spanish marches grew more and more independent. Hugh Carpet, the first Carpathian king, is not a well-documented figure, his greatest achievement being certainly to survive as king and defeating the Caroline claimant, thus allowing him to establish what would become one of Europe's most powerful house of kings. Hugh's son, Robert the Pious, was crowned king of the Franks before Carpet's demise. Hugh Capet decided so in order to have his succession secured. Robert II, as King of the Franks, met Emperor Henry II in the year 1023 on the borderline. They agreed to end all claims over each other's realm, setting a new stage of Capetian and Ottonian relationships. Although a king weak in power, Robert II's efforts were considerable. His surviving charters imply he relied heavily on the church to rule France, much like his father did. Although he lived with a mistress, Bertha of Burgundy, yes, that's right, and was excommunicated because of this, he was regarded as a model of piety for monks, hence the nickname Robert the Pious. The reign of Robert II was quite important because it involved the peace and truce of God, beginning in the year 989, and the Cluniac reforms. Robert II crowned his son, Hugh Magnus, as King of the Franks at the age of 10 to secure his succession. But Hugh Magnus, as a teenager, rebelled against his father and died fighting him in the year 1025. The next King of the Franks was Robert II's next son, Henry I, who reigned from 1027 to 1060. Like Hugh Magnus, Henry was crowned as co-ruler with his father in 1027. In the Capetian tradition, but he had little power or influence as a junior king while his father still lived. 
Henry I was crowned after Robert's death in 1031, which is quite exceptional for a French king of the times. Henry I was one of the weakest kings of the France, and his reign saw the rise of some very powerful nobles, such as William the Conqueror. Henry I's biggest source of concern was his brother, Robert I of Burgundy, who was pushed by his mother to the conflict Robert of Burgundy was made by Duke of Burgundy by King Henry I and had to be satisfied with that title. From Henry I onward, the Dukes of Burgundy were relatives of the King of the Franks until the end of the Duchy proper. King Philip I, named his, by his Kivian mother, was a typical Eastern European name, was no more fortunate than his predecessors, although the kingdom did enjoy a modest recovery during his extraordinary long reign from 1060 to 1108. His reign also saw the launch of the First Crusades to regain the Holy Land, which heavily involved his family, although he personally did not support the expedition. It is from Louis VI, who reigned from 1108 to 1137, onward that royal authority became more accepted. Louis VI was more a soldier and a warmonger king than a scholar. The way the king raised money from his vassals made him quite unpopular. He was described as greedy and ambitious, and that is, is corroborated by records of the time. His regular attacks on his vassals, although damaging the royal image, reinforced the royal power. From 1127 onward, Louis had the assistance of skilled religious statement Abbot Suger. The abbot was the son of a minor family of knights, but his political advice was extremely valuable to the king. Louis VI successfully defeated both military and politically many of the robber barons. Louis VI frequently summoned his vassals to the court, and those who did not show up often had their land possessions confiscated and military campaigns mounted against them. This drastic policy clearly imposed some royal authority on Paris and its surrounding areas. When Louis VI died in 1137, much progress had been made towards strengthening Capetian authorities. Thanks to Abbot Suger's political advice, King Louis VII, who was junior king from 1131 to 1137 and senior king when his father died from 1137 to 1180, enjoyed greater moral authority over France than his predecessors. Powerful vassals paid homage to the French king. Abbot Sugar arranged the year 1137 marriage between Louis VII and Eleanor of Antiqui in Bordeaux, which made Louis VII Duke of Antiquin and gave him considerable power. However, the couple disagreed over the burning of more than a thousand people in Vitry during the conflicts against the Count of Champagne. Yeah, I can see where there would be some disagreement. King Louis VII was deeply horrified by the event and sought penance by going to the Holy Land. He later involved the Kingdom of France in the Second Crusade, but his relationship with Eleanor did not improve. The marriage was ultimately annulled by the Pope under the pretext of consanguity, and Eleanor soon married the Duke of Normandy. Henry Fitzempress, who would become King of England as Henry II, 
two years later. Boy, could she pick him. Louis VII was once a very powerful monarch and was now facing a much stronger vassal, who was his equal as King of England and his strongest prince as Duke of Normandy and Anaquine. Abbot Sugar's vision of construction became what is now known as Gothic architecture. This style became standard for most European cathedrals built in the Middle Ages. Now we travel to the late Capetians from the year 1165 to 1328. The late direct Capetian kings were considerably more powerful and influential than the earlier ones. While Philip I could hardly control his Parisian barons, Philip IV could dictate popes and emperors. The late Capetians, although often ruled for shorter times than their earlier peers, were much often more influential. This period also saw the rise of complex systems of international alliances and conflicts opposing, through dynasties, kings of France and England and the Holy Roman Empire. The reign of Philip II Augustus, junior king from 1179 to 1180, and then senior king when his father died from 1180 to 1223, marked an important step in the history of the French monarchy. His reign saw the French royal domain and influence greatly expand. He set the context for the rise of power to much more powerful monarchs like St. Louis and Philip the Fair. Philip II spent an important part of his reign fighting the so-called Angevin Empire, which was probably the greatest threat to the King of France since the rise of the Capetian dynasty. During the first part of his reign, Philip II tried using Henry II of England's son against him. He allied himself with the Duke of Antiquine and the son of Henry II, Richard the Lionhearted, and together they launched a decisive attack on Henry's castle and home of Chinon to remove him from power. Richard the Lionhearted replaced his father as King of England afterward. The two kings then went crusading during the Third Crusade. However, their alliance and friendship broke down during the crusade. The two men were once again at odds and fought each other in France until Richard was on the verge of totally defeating Philip II. Adding to their battles in France, the kings of France and England were trying to install their respective allies at the head of the Holy Roman Empire. If Philip II Augustus supported Philip of Swabie, member of the House of Hohenzollern, then Richard Lionheart, supported Otto IV, member of the House of Wurf. Otto IV had the upper hand because the Holy Roman Emperor at the expense of Philip of Swabie. The crown of France was saved by Richard's demise after a wound he received fighting his own vassals in Le Mazoum. John Lachlan, Richard's successor, refused to come to the French court for a trial against the Lazunians as Louis VI had done often to his rebellious vassals. Philip II confiscated John's possessions in France. John's defeat was swift, and his attempt to reconquer his French possessions at the decisive Battle of Beauvais in 1214 resulted in a complete failure. Philip II had annexed Normandy and Anjou, plus capturing the Counts of Boulogne and Flanders, although Anticouine and Gascony remained loyal to the Plangente. In additional, 
aftermath of the Battle of the Bovines, John's ally, the Holy Roman Empire Otto IV, was overthrown by Frederick II, member of the House of Hohenstaufen, an ally of Philip. Philip II of France was crucial in ordering Western European politics in both England and France. Philip Augustus founded the Sabon and made Paris a city for scholars. Prince Louis, the future Louis VIII, who reigned from 1223 to 1226, was involved in the subsequent English Civil War as French and English, or rather Anglo-Norman, aristocracies were once again and now were split between allegiances. While the French kings were struggling against the Palangians, the church called for the Albigenese Crusade. Southern France was then largely absorbed in the royal domains. Next comes St. Louis from the year 1226 to 1270. France became a truly centralized kingdom under Louis IX. St. Louis has often been portrayed as a one-dimensional character, a flawless representative of the faith, an administrative reformer who cared for the governed ones. However, his reign was far from perfect for everyone. He made unsuccessful crusades, His expanding administration raised opposition, and he burned Jewish books at the Pope's urging. His judgments were often not practical, although they seemed fair by the standards of the time. It appears Louis had a strong sense of justice and always wanted to judge people himself before applying any sentence. This was said about Louis and the French clergy, asking for excommunication of Louis's vassals. He said, for it would be against God and contrary to the right and justice if he compelled any man to seek absolution when the clergy were doing him wrong. Louis IX was only 12 years old when he became king of France. His mother, Blanche of Castile, was the effective power as regent, although she did not formally use the title. Blanche's authority was strongly opposed by the French barons, Yet, she maintained her position until Louis was old enough to rule by himself. In 1229, the king had to struggle with a long-lasting strike at the University of Paris. The Latin Quarter was strongly hit by these strikes as well. The kingdom was vulnerable, war was still going on in the country of Toulouse, and the royal army was occupied fighting resistance in Landoc. Count Raymond VII of the Toulouse finally signed the Treaty of Paris in 1229 in which he retained much of his lands for life, but his daughter married to Count Alfonso of Pietro, produced him no heir, so the county of Toulouse went to the King of France. King Henry III of England had not yet recognized the Capetian overlord over Antiquine and still hoped to recover Normandy and Anjou from and add reform to the Anvingian Empire. He landed in 1230 at St. Malo with a massive force. Henry III's allies in Brittany and Normandy fell down because they did not dare fight their king, who led the counter-strike himself. This evolved into the Sagone War of 1242. Ultimately, Henry III was defeated and had to recognize Louis IX's overlordship, although the King of France did not seize Anaquin from Henry III. Louis IX was now the most important landowner of France, adding to his royal title. There were some opposition to his rule in Normandy, 
yet it proved remarkably easy to rule, especially compared to the country of Toulouse, which had been brutally conquered. The Conseil de Rouen, which will evolve into the Parliament, was founded during these times. After his conflict with King Henry III of England, Louis established a cordial relation with the Plangent King. An amusing anecdote about Henry III's attending the French Parliament, as Duke of Anacoin, however, the King of England was always late because he liked to stop each time he met a priest to hear the Mass. So, Louis made sure no priests were on the way of Henry III. Henry III and Louis IX then started a long contest for who was the most faithful, thus evolved to the point that none ever arrived on time to the Parliament, which was allowed to debate in their absence. St. Louis also supported new forms of art, such as Gothic architecture. His St. Chapelle became a very famous Gothic building, and he is also credited with the Morgan Bible. The kingdom was involved in two crusades under St. Louis, the Seventh Crusades and the Eighth Crusades, both provided to be complete failures for the French king. He died in the Eighth Crusade, and Philip III became the king. Philip III and Philip IV from 1270 to 1314. Philip III became king when St. Louis died in 1270 during the Eighth Crusade. Philip III was called the Bold on the basis of his abilities in combat and on horseback and not because of his character or ruling abilities. Philip III took part in another crusading disaster, the Aragonese Crusades, which cost him his life in 1285. More administrative reforms were made by King Philip IV, also called Philip the Fair, who reigned from 1285 to 1314. This king was responsible for the end of the Knights Templar, signed the Auld Alliance, and established the Parliament of Paris. Philip IV was so powerful that he could name popes and emperors, unlike the early Capetians. The papacy was moved to Avignon, and the contemporary popes were French, such as Philip IV's puppet Bertrand de Goth, otherwise known as Pope Clement V. The early Valios kings and the Hundred Year War from 1328 to 1453. The tensions between the House of Plangente and Carpe climaxed during the so-called Hundred Years War, actually several distinct wars over the period of 1337 to 1453 when the Plangés claimed that the throne of France from the Plaisos. This was also the time of the Black Death, as well as several civil wars. The French population suffered much from these wars. In 1420, by the Treaty of Troy, Henry V was made heir to Charles VI. Henry V failed to outlive Charles, so it was Henry VI of England and France who consolidated the dual monarchy of both England and of France, if you can believe that. It has been argued that the difficult conditions the French population suffered during the Hundred Year War awakened French nationalism, a nationalism represented by Joan of Arc, who lived from 1412 to 1431. Although this debatable, the Hundred Year War is remembered more as a Franco-English war than a succession of feudal struggles. During this war, France evolved politically and militarily. 
Although a Franco-Scottish army was successful in the Battle of Bosch in 1421, the humiliating defeats of Poitiers in 1356 and Agincourt in 1415 forced the French nobility to realize they could not just stand as armored knights without an organized army. Charles VII, who reigned from 1422 to 1461, established the first French standing army, the Compagnies de Ordinance, and defeated the Plangenets once at Pate in 1429, and again using cannons at Formigny in 1450. The Battle of Castillon in 1453 was regarded as the last engagement of this war. Yet Calius and the Channel Islands remain ruled by the Plangenets. We now move into the early modern France period, which is for the years 1453 through 1789. Life in the early modern period. France is in the Ancien Regime, covered a territory of around 200,000 square miles, or 520,000 square kilometers. This land supported 13 million people in in the year 1484, and 20 million people in the year 1700. France had the second largest population in Europe around the year 1700. Britain had about 5 or 6 million, Spain had about 8 million, and the Austrian Habsburgs had around 8 million. Russian was the most populated European country at the time. France's lead slowly faded after the 1700 as other countries grew faster. The sense of being French was uncommon in 1500, as people clung to their local identities. By 1600, however, people began starting to call themselves Mont-Francos. Political power was widely dispersed. The law courts, or parliaments, were very powerful, especially that of France. However, the king had only about 10,000 officials in royal service. Very few indeed for such a large country, and with very slow international, internal communications over an inadequate road system. Travel was usually faster by ocean ship or riverboat. The different estates of the realm, the clergy, the nobility, and commoners, occasionally met together in the estates general. But in practice, the estates general had no power, for it could, it could petition the king but it could not pass laws. The Catholic Church controlled about 40% of the wealth tied up in long-term endowments that could be added but not reduced. The king, not the pope, nominated bishops, but typically had to negotiate with noble families that had close ties to local monasteries and church establishments. The nobility came second in terms of wealth, but there was no unity. Each noble had his own land, his own network of regional connections, and his own military force. The cities had a quasi-independent status and were largely controlled by the leading merchants and guilds. Paris was by far the largest city with 220,000 people in 1547 and a history of steady growth. Lyon and Rouen each had about 40,000 population, but Lyon was a powerful banking community with a vibrant culture. Bordeaux was next with only 20,000 population in the year 1500. 
Peasants made up the vast majority of population who, in many cases, had well-established rights that the authorities had to respect. In 1484, about 97% of France's 13 million people lived in rural villages. In 1700, at least 80% of the 20 million people were peasants. In the 17th century, peasants had ties to the market economy, provided much of the capital investment necessary for agricultural growth, and frequently moved from village to village. Geographic mobility, directly tied to the market and the need for investment capital, was the main path to social mobility. The stable core of French society, towns, guilds people, and village laborers, included cases of staggering socio-geographic continuity, but even this core required regular renewal. Accepting this assistance of these two societies, the constant tension between them, and the excessive geographic and social mobility tied to a market economy holds the key to a clearer understanding of the evolution of a social structure, economy, and even political system of early modern France. Some scholars argue that the paradigm underestimates the role of market economy, failed to explain the nature of capital investments in the rural economy, and grossly exaggerated social stability. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.